everybody, Kyle Gillette here. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Shirt Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Gillette, and today is a solo show. And today I'm going to talk to you about my experience with chronic pain, my experience with personal discipline, and some of the steps you can take to help you to be personal, to keep and stay with personal discipline along with helping that to grow your business and have discipline within your business. Maybe that sounds like a little bit of a boring topic, but here's the thing. If you think about our habits and you think about the way that we get things done in life and work, it's the discipline that moves things forward in powerful ways. So what I'm gonna share with you today is a different version of a conference talk that I gave last week. And I want to show you a lot of things. So if you're listening to this, that's great. You can still get a lot out of it. But if you can watch it on YouTube, that's probably your best bet. So I want you to be thinking for a second here. Have you ever experienced or are you currently experiencing chronic pain? And if you are, then I want to tell you a quick story to help you get an idea of what I've gone through recently and some really cool things that have happened as a result of being having good personal discipline in my life. 10 years ago, I started experiencing kind of debilitating pain where it was hard for me to even get up off the ground. And so I'm going to show you, if you can't see me, then I'll tell you, Uh, I would be on the floor hanging out at that time with my one-year-old daughter, and it would be very difficult for me to get up off the floor without having to put my hands onto my leg or onto the floor or onto a chair, a desk, whatever, to push myself up off just kind of creaky, wiggly, get up off the floor. It was difficult for me to put pants on because it hurt my leg to lift my leg up higher than my hip to put my foot into my pants. Uh, It was hard to reach my hands above my head without a lot of pain. So it was pretty miserable. (laughs) Uh, And this went on for probably about five years before I could figure out what the issue was. I went to 13 different doctors got probably 20 different blood tests and everything would always come back normal. Did an allergy test, no allergies, you know, skin tests, no allergies. Um, And then eventually I would go and see a chiropractor and this chiropractor did muscle testing. And if you're not familiar with muscle testing, it's this very interesting technique to go about testing your body for weaknesses. And so he did that. And the long story short is he discovered that I actually do have food allergies And those allergies were to wheat, dairy, and corn. Wheat, dairy, and corn. (laughs) So a lot of people eat wheat, dairy, and corn, and most people eat all three in a meal or at least two of them. And if you look at packages, there's a ton of corn syrup, there's there's maltodextrin, there's all kinds of different uh, additives that are actually corn-based. And of course, you've got wheat and almost everything, and then dairy isn't in everything, but it's in a lot of items. So my diet changed dramatically. It didn't fix everything, but eventually things got good enough that I could get back to working out. Six months ago, I started working out at a CrossFit gym and the challenge, the first first ever exercise that I needed to do there was a handstand. That was for whatever reason that week they were working on handstands. And so I, I couldn't do it. And you, there's also wall handstands to help you graduate from the regular handstand or to graduate to regular handstand. And so they had me do that. I couldn't even get my feet up on the wall. I just, I couldn't, couldn't do it. So for the last six months, not every day by any means, but for, for six months, I've been touching on that exercise and I'm going to show it to you up here on my, over here on my, my wall. 
so you can see the the impact of personal discipline. And I'm also going to introduce to you the rest of what we're going to talk about on this podcast. So give me a minute to get ready and you'll see me, you'll see my feet up in the air. You won't see my head, but you'll hear me. So today, as we do this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the blue shirt framework and how it will help you with personal discipline, why it's worth using that for personal discipline and some simple steps you can take to deploy the blue shirt framework into your business and your personal life. So what is the blue shirt framework? Well, it stands for four things. Be a self-aware leader, lead with accountability, use a growth mindset and empower others. So as we go the rest of the way with this presentation, let me switch, catch my breath and switch to the different audio option. All right, so these four pieces are what makes up the Blue Shirt Framework. And I'm gonna share a presentation with you. Again, if you're watching, you're gonna have a better experience than if you are just listening, but it's not the end of the world if you're only listening. So are you a blue leader is the question that needs to be asked and answered. And again, the blue leader was those four things that I mentioned. Today, what I want to share with you and what I shared with that conference was why be self-disciplined? What are the mindsets and habits of personal discipline and some of the stats and stories that I've experienced and also stats out there in the world? So let's define discipline first. What does the word discipline mean? Well, the word is from the Latin word disciplina, meaning learning or instruction, and discipulus, which is disciple or pupil, is derived from the root word disir, to learn. Okay, great. Boring word definition <laughs> of discipline. When you think about discipline, what's one of the first things that comes to mind for you? If you're like a lot of people, one of the first things that comes to mind is punishment, right? You're disciplined as a child. You get spanked. You get scolded. You get put to your room. Uh, sometimes we have our kids just sit on the toilet as a consequence, lid down, sit on the toilet and have to sit there. They hate that in a good way, I think. <laughs> I think it really challenges them. Um, but it's punishment. And, and I believe there are three angles to discipline. The first is the learning. When you're disciplined, to have personal discipline, you need to learn to receive instruction, which is that mentoring or being taught. And then finally, punishment. If you think about what I did on the wall there, over the last six months, probably every other week, I'm working on my handstands. And eventually I'll do a, a free handstand where I don't need a wall. And I did it the other day at my girl's soccer practice or game. And I held it for like three seconds, which is really cool. But it's punishing, right? It's stressful on my body. It's stressful on my head, <laughs> uh, makes my face all red. But that's what discipline is. It stresses you, it punishes you a little bit. Sometimes the learning is a stress on your brain. Sometimes the teaching that you receive is stressful for you. Like it's, it forces you to shift the way you think. So personal discipline requires a, a little bit of pain, some amount of pain in order for it to be successful. So why would we want to go through this learning, this mentoring, this punishment? What's the benefit that we get from going through this? Well, the first benefit is you get to be more. I'm going to share four benefits. The first is that you get to be more. Be more of yourself. Be more 
aware of who you're created to be, who you're meant to be. And you do that through learning about yourself. You become more self-aware as you discipline yourself. When I try to quit eating dessert at night after a certain time, I've learned that that's a really hard thing for me. And so in the process of, of learning that, I've realized a lot of things about myself. And it's allowed me to be more of who I'm who I was created to be, be more of myself in the process. So as you struggle through these things and you continue to discipline yourself and become more of a better version of yourself, you get to be more of you. This isn't about changing you. This is about shifting to a better version of you, the one that you're intended to be. That's why self-discipline is so powerful. The second reason for self-discipline is you get to do more. If you're not seeing the image, uh, the image is actually four different images, and it's one that says a call for action, another one that says fun, another one with somebody with their fingers in the in the okay symbol with the sun shining through on a beach, and then the fourth one is someone sitting at a desk with a bunch of financials in front of them. And when I say do more, yeah, I am talking about more activities, more fun, more adventures and vacations, and do, being able to do more at work, but. What I mean even more so is deeper work. Do more of the deeper work. So the fun is deeper. Like it's more rooted. It's not so surface. It's a deeper fun that fits you as a person because you know who you are. Uh, when it comes to the vacation, you you do more on that vacation, meaning it impacts your body and your heart and your soul more deeply because of the quality of the vacation. When it comes to action, you're doing not just more quantity of work, but more quality of work when you take your actions. Those actions could be literally business and work, or they could be work as it relates to the work you do on yourself or with other people. All of this do more though, which we'll talk about later, requires accountability, requires some outside accountability and some really deep inward discipline too. So the third benefit for self-discipline or the fourth reason, third reason for self-discipline is to have more. So if you are, if you are more of yourself, you're being more and you're doing more, then inevitably that turns into growth or having more. Now that growth is a lot of different categories. The image is an image of coins and then a plant looks like it's growing out of the coins and the coins get larger and larger and then they finally go into a jar with a plant growing out of it. This imagery for me really symbolizes what I mean by have more. You're going to have more wisdom, insight, opportunities, friend, wealth, friends, wealth, and time because you've put in the effort to learn yourself more. You have the accountability in place and now you get to grow in these areas. And when you grow in these areas, that leads to the fourth reason for self-discipline is that you get to give more. When you give more, what I mean by that is you give more opportunities, right? Not get, but give. The have more is, is you're getting more opportunities, but the give more is giving more opportunities to other people, opportunities for them to succeed, opportunities for them to grow, opportunities for them to express their ideas, so you're giving power away. You're getting out of the way because you're giving more of yourself and more to others. When we're able to do this, we can do we can achieve a lot more because our ego isn't in the way. So those are the four reasons for self-discipline. And 
They are be more of yourself, do more, have more, and give more. So as a reminder, if you didn't hear it all while I was upside down, blue a blue shirt leader is someone that is, is they want to be a self-aware leader. They lead with accountability. They use a growth mindset and they empower others. So as we go through this, I'm going to share mindsets and habits from those four pillars of a blue leader. And in my book, I actually talk about a total of 40 different mindsets and habits. Uh, but I'm just going to touch on a few because otherwise it would take way too long. You might as well read the book <laughs> if you want to get it all, get it all. So the first layer is to be a self-aware leader. We have to start there. And one of the ways that I found to be one of the most powerful and effective ways to have self-discipline and to be self-aware is to journal. When I was 16, I had a pastor, I believe, I think it was Mike. Mike challenged me to start journaling. And so I did. I I typically listened to the mentors in my life and I started journaling. And at that time, it was teenage angst and girlfriend issues and some family stuff and various other silly things as related to sports, but they weren't silly. They mattered. And then as I got older, it changed to still friendship stuff and professional things and then marriage and then kids and so on and so forth. But the thing about writing that's really powerful is that writing is in, creates this three-dimensional perspective on your thinking. Normally when we write, or normally, excuse me, when we're thinking, it's in my, the way I say it is it's two-dimensional. And what I mean by that is you have your unconscious thoughts that just come to you without your effort and they just show up. Sometimes it's a really cool insight or sometimes it's this wisdom that just comes to you. Then there's also this voice in your head and those interact all the time, right? Right now you have a voice in your head that's talking about writing, right? journaling and how you like it or don't like it. But your unconscious mind probably brought up some experiences with you journaling or or resisting journaling. And that's your, your mind talking. But the power of journaling is writing is this third dimension. That third dimension is like a third party. So when I journal, I'm putting it down on paper or digitally, usually digitally. And when I put it down, I'm detaching, I'm letting it go. It's in a way I'm disassociating from that content from those thoughts, those ideas. And then since it's on, it's in front of me on the screen, or if you write it out, it's written down in front of you, you can then look at it from another person's perspective in a way. And that is really, really powerful. So the writing habit gives you this third perspective. It's almost like it, your journal is a mentor in of itself. So one of the more powerful personal discipline habits is to become a writer, a writer of your day. And you can do that in a couple different ways. One can be just a gratitude journal where you write one to three or five things down that you appreciate. A second could be the something that I do, which is a one good thing journal where I write one good thing I noticed about my wife and one good thing I noticed about each of my three kids. And I journal about that. It could be a character trait or something that they did or a combination of the two, or even just a hope that you have for your spouse or your children. And I do it every single day. I write about it. It's about two to three lines each. And it takes me less than 10 minutes, typically around five minutes to do it. But it's created a lot of self-awareness in me 
about how I see my kids and my wife. And it shifted that awareness and also created some new accountability in me about the way I treat my wife and treat my kids and like improved that treatment of them. Lastly, I do a weekly, I did one today, a weekly CEO meeting where I meet with with God. I spend time with God in a prayerful session for 30 minutes on Mondays. And I type out my thoughts, my frustrations, my irritations. And I do that in three ways where first I reflect, I request, and then I rely. So one is reflect, two is request, and then three is rely. And it's just a way for me to dump things out. So I encourage you to attempt one of those ways or even choose your own way to journal, but it's really helpful and powerful. The second habit of a self-aware leader that helps them to be disciplined both in life and in business is being coachable or the coach E habit is what I call it. And this habit is the final habit of the five in my book for self-awareness. And all I mean is, do you have people in your life that are coaching you, that are asking you difficult questions that draw out new insights from you? If you don't, then I encourage you to find a coach, a mentor, even just a friend that's a great listener. But ideally, someone that's really disciplined would intentionally find coaches in their life in these various areas. You can pay for them or you can find them for free. And it's possible in both cases. I have a business coach, I have a business slash personal mentor, and I also have uh, coaches for my physical health uh, because of the gym that I go to. So this self-investment is extremely rewarding. Now, what happened for me is after five years of investing in myself, I looked back and I went, what difference is this making? Right? How, what's the direct financial impact on myself and my business as a result of investing money in myself. So I figured out the numbers of, of how much I've invested in my personal development and been disciplined into you know, wor working on being more self-disciplined, more self-aware, all these things. And then I compared it to my revenue in my business. And after making adjustments based on how I got my clients, it turns out that my return on investment of spending money on myself is $15.20 for every dollar I spend. So every dollar, this is crazy to me, every dollar I spend on my own personal discipline and self-investment gives me $15.20 back in my business. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think that's amazing. And even if I'm off by five times, it's still a 3x return. And I know if I told you that if you invest $10,000 in this, you'll get $30,000 out of it, you'll take that $20,000 profit any freaking day. And I would too. <laughs> if I knew every time I put $1,000 down or $10,000 or $100,000 down on something, I'd get a 3X, I would totally do it. So how much more so if I'm getting a 15X on it? This has played out with my clients. I have two businesses so far that just reported to me in the last six months that their business is 10X in revenue. 10x. And we're not even trying for that. We're working on the blue shirt framework, which then results in a 10x. Um, one of my clients has now the financing to buy a home. He got the same client got a new office space. One of my other clients is became man of the year and several others have 2x or 3x their revenue as a result of working on themselves and working through this framework. Awesome, right? Just awesome. Okay. So if you get to this place of self-awareness and self-discipline, you have to have accountability to keep it there. 
So if you've listened to my episodes, you've probably heard of the accountability pass. And that is the idea of four pieces to accountability. That's passive, active, structures, and self. Now, I want to kind of quickly go through this. But in the image, if you're not watching, in the image is a young boy sitting cross-legged on a wooden floor with a kind of a concrete wall behind him. And he's looking at it, he's tapping on a keyboard, and it looks like out of his head is exploding all these different ideas. And I picked that image because it's depicting how our minds work, just this creativity of all these different ideas. And what our minds need is a, a direct a director, someone that directs those thoughts in a specific direction. And then it's amazing how those ideas can come to fruition. So in a way, we're kind of talking about manif manifesting. But I want you to pause this after I ask this question. Take a few moments to think about these questions I'm going to ask you and then come back. What is the goal that you want to achieve in the next three months, six months, or a year that you're really striving for, or even farther out. But what is the big goal that you're trying to achieve? So that's the first question. The second question is, what is the compelling reason behind that goal? What's the why, the, the thing that really excites you and gets you motivated to pursue it? What is that why? Okay, so go ahead and pause. Take a few minutes to think about that and deliver to your own brain a very colorful picture with sights and sounds and smells of what the why is, the, the real reason of for you to pursue this goal, the success that that would be for you, okay? Pause it and then come back. All right. So hopefully you took the time to do that. If you didn't, after listening to this, please do. It's worth your effort. So now that you have that picture in mind. Now I want you to think about 20, 30, 40 people you know that you could tell that story to. Because you're basically creating this creative narrative, this creative story of what success in this particular goal would do for you. And when you share that with other people, some of them will get interested and they'll ask you about it. You tell 30 people, three people will follow up with you. Tell 50, maybe five people will follow up with you. And that creates passive accountability. The one angle is your brain doesn't know the difference between this imagined detailed reality and reality. And so it's going to work towards that reality because there's a gap that it needs to fix. And number two, your friends will see that gap too and reach out and say, hey, how's it going with that, with that goal that you have? How's it going with the weight loss or the vacation you want to take or the growing of your business or whatever the goal is? That's passive accountability. The next layer is active accountability. So it builds right on top of passive. Because now you've had a few people reach out to you on their own volition. They did it without prompting and they asked you what's going on with, with your goal. So active accountability would be asking one of those people to connect with you on a weekly or biweekly basis to talk about the results that you're getting. And you in exchange would ask them about their goals. This is active accountability in really beautiful ways because they're, it's like they're sitting shotgun in your car and your car has the check engine light on and they say, hey, did you notice that? And you know, you've seen it before. We don't miss those, <laughs> but they point it out to you and it gets you back on taking care of that, right? So active accountability is the second piece. The third part of the accountability pass is structures. And the image is an image of basically a bunch of sticky notes of the things you need to do and then uh, 
sideways image of a calendar with dates and some writing on it. So this depiction I put here on purpose because there's two kind of broad categories of structures that you can have in place. Uh, there's a bunch of little nuances that are really powerful and, and I help my clients figure those out. But these two are the broad ones that I want to encourage you to pursue. One is a digital to-do list. I know some people like to do things on paper and that's fine, but I highly recommend a digital to-do list where you put down the things that you need to do to accomplish your goal. So essentially you're developing your plan over here with your digital to-do list and you're mapping it out. The calendar represents primarily the people that you're going to spend time with to accomplish your goal or move towards the things that you're looking to achieve. Now they can cross over a little bit, but I like to separate them as much as possible so that my focus when it comes to the calendar is on the people and serving the people. And then when I look at the things, it's okay if I'm a little distracted, but I don't want to be distracted. I want to be fully present with the people. So those are the two pieces of structures. There's other things like you can write contracts up or uh, you can reward yourself, those types of, of ideas to help you move forward. But primarily the to-do list and the calendar are the, the really powerful tools for this. Lastly, the second S is self-accountability. And self-accountability, what I mean by that is the difference between deciding and committing. When you decide to do something, you're, you're just kind of planning to do it. When you're committed, you've prepared and you might already be actually over the, over the hurdle, if you will. The image is a small, small airplane with someone having fallen out of it, well, jumped out of it. It's a skydiver below it. And if you've ever done skydiving or ziplining or something where you have to, when you're committed, there's no return, like jumping off of a ramp or something like that. That's what I'm talking about here. When, when you are in the plane or you're about to hit the jump, there is a point where you can decide not to commit. You can decide to, you know what, I'm going to jump off my bike or I'm, I'm going to stay in the airplane or I'm not going to get off this platform to do the zip line or whatever it is. You're going to get off the roller coaster. But there is this other point where once you start falling out of that airplane, you ain't crawling back in. <laughs> once the zip line starts moving, you're not getting back up onto that platform. That's what I'm talking about with self-commitment, self-accountability. What is that point of no return for you with this goal? Whatever that is, figure it out for this goal. And now your likelihood of accomplishing the goal, all these things combined skyrockets. So in fact, through research and through this method, you're likely to accomplish 95% of your goals. And that's an ATSD study, if you want to look it up. So basically, the first, the four again are passive. Tell people and tell your brain the story. Number two, active. Ask the people to meet, ask one person to meet with you consistently over coffee, on the phone, or Zoom to talk about your goals. Number three, use a digital to-do list and a calendar to stay on top of the plan. Number four, find that point of no return where the commitment, you cannot turn back, whatever that is. Those four create the 95% likelihood of accomplishing your goal. Okay, so now that you are being more of yourself because you're more self-aware, you're doing more because you have powerful accountability and you're accomplishing these things because the high likelihood of success when you use that pass, now it's time to have more or to grow, okay? So the growth mindset is just simply use a growth mindset. And that is 
shifting towards believing that you will be moving forward, you can move forward in all categories of life. Not necessarily at the same time, but you can move forward. I'm only going to highlight one mindset here for the growth, and that is the risk mindset. It's the first mindset of the mindsets in my book about about blue, about growth. And the image is a set of dice that look like look like uh, Scrabble dice, not Scrabble, but um, Boggle dice that have letters on them rather than numbers. And it says FA are flat on the on the table. And then KE for fake is kind of angled. And then underneath that is CT that's also angled. So you can see both that this word could be either fake or fact. Here's the thing. Risk mindset is is really that imposter syndrome that we all feel. And here's, here's the short version of what I want to say to you here. If you don't take risks that make you feel fake, it's a fact that you're not going to grow. If you don't take risks that make you feel fake, it's a fact that you're not going to grow. In other words, we need to risk. We have to stretch ourselves because from that stretching, when you take those risks and you do feel like a fake, it is a fact that when you embrace this, you will grow. Take those risks. You will feel like a fake, but it's a fact that you'll grow in that process. And from those facts, you're going to be set free. What do I mean by that? So when I used to work at the men's mentoring program, I used to share a bunch of ideas with my boss and I'd tell Jack these ideas or email him or whatever, and I wouldn't get much response. And it always frustrated me. So I went and talked to the director. I said, Christian, why does Jack ignore my ideas? What's going on here? So we talked about it for a minute. And then he said a phrase to me that I want you to remember. And it was facts and figures set you free. Facts and figures set you free. So here's how it works with the growth mindset. If I take risks and I embrace that imposter syndrome and I feel like a fake, I'm going to learn facts about myself, about what I'm capable of, what's possible in my world. And that those facts and that information will set me free to grow. So take those risks, embrace the imposter and grow. Whether it's emotionally, mentally, vocationally, educationally, spiritually, embrace the risks, learn about yourself and grow powerful ways. And we need to do this in business in general too. There's times where we need to take risks. Your risk tolerance is different than mine. I have a pretty low risk tolerance. Other people have a much higher willingness to take risks. And you might be in the middle or you might be lower than me. It doesn't matter. Embrace that risk that's relative to you. Now we can empower others. When you take these three, when you are more self-aware, you have powerful accountability in place because you're leading that way and you use a growth mindset. Now we can empower others. And I'm only going to share one habit here, which is the first habit of the empowerment in my book. And that is to study the study habit. It seems funny to tell you to study <laughs> when, it, when we're talking about empowerment. And I'm not talking about studying a book, a course, or a program. I'm actually studying, talking about studying people. Study their mindsets, their habits, their thinking, their struggles, their quirks, their limitations, their strengths. Study those parts of people, and this will unlock 
new awareness in them and help you to understand how you can best serve them and empower them. But if you don't study your people, you don't know their mindsets, their likes, their dislikes, their limitations, then it's difficult to know where you can push them or where they are capable of going on their own. To empower others, study them, know who they are at a deep level. When I was working at a pet resort, uh, I had a team of 20 people that I was leading and there were some college students and then there was uh, a couple older folks and then there were some students in the program that I was part of the men's mentoring program. And one of the students from the college, her name was Joanna, she rad radioed me and I'm out out in the field into the in by where all the dogs are and she radios me and says, hey Kyle, I need to talk to you about something. And it didn't sound it didn't sound bad, but it sounded urgent. So I said, okay, I'll be right there. So I walked back past the office into the barn and the where we fed the dogs was this old dairy barn. And we had a big whiteboard up on the on the wall with all the details of how to feed the dogs. And then underneath was the set of, it's just basically a, a bunch of, of um, shelves that we put the dog food on and whatnot. And Joanna said to me, I'm lazy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and then she said, but but lazy people are efficient. I said, okay, so I'm, I'm tuned in. And she tells me that she has this idea about how to feed the dogs more efficiently. She explains it to me. I don't remember the idea, but she explained it to me. And then after talking about it some more, I said, yeah, let's do it. So we implemented it. As a result of that implementation, when you feed 100 to 150 dogs a day, typically twice a day, that's a lot of time saved. And I'd be willing to bet that that one implementation saved the business tens of thousands of dollars over the years. Thousands over one year, but tens of thousands over years. And why did that happen? Because I knew her and because I studied her, she began to, she knew me because she was paying attention to me, but also she knew I was paying attention to her. So she began to like me and then she trusted me. So that no like and trust formula is why you need to study people, study your team, study your family, study your friends. They'll begin to know you more, like you more and trust you more. And in the business world, we know that turns into results. And in her case, that trust allowed her to share with me this idea because it was a little quirky and it was a little quirky the way that she went about it. But study your people and it will make a huge impact on your life and your business. If you embody these personal discipline habits, again, you're going to have these four things happen. You're going to be more of yourself, which it makes it so much easier to be confident in who you are. Your self-esteem will rise. Obviously, your self-confidence will rise. Your results will improve as well. You can do more. So you get to do the things that you enjoy because you've embraced the things that you enjoy because you know yourself better. And you're not afraid to go after those things and you're going to do them at a higher quality. Then you get to have more, not just wealth necessarily, but wisdom, insight, opportunities, friends, time. And then finally, you'll be able to give more, give more of your power away, give people more opportunities and give more financially as well. So if these aren't great reasons for you to be more disciplined, I don't know what are. <laughs> so remember, use the writing habit, make sure that you're willing to be coached, use the accountability pass, embrace the risk mindset. It's okay for you to be imposter. And then finally study others. Study those around you that you lead. When you do this, you are guaranteed 
to be, be moving towards being a blue shirt leader, which means you're going to be growing. You're going to be enjoying yourself, those around you so much more, and your business will grow as well. So I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want more information about the blue shirt leadership approach or how to embody this or how to implement it into your business and your personal life, please do reach out. Uh, You can reach out by going to blueshirtcoaching.com. And if you want to join a community of like-minded leaders that are embracing the blue shirt approach, visit blue shirt business community on Facebook. Just type it in the search bar, blue shirt business community. And I'd love to see you there. And just in the notes, when you answer the questions, just write that you found me on, on the Blue Shirt podcast. And thank you so much for connecting with me, listening to this episode. If you want to schedule a time for us to talk, go to my web- website, blueshirtcoaching.com. Click on the link uh, to set up a discover call with me. It's a 30-minute free conversation where we dive into what's going on with your, with your business and any ways that I can serve you on that call, I will. So... Thank you again for listening. I'm excited for you to implement some of these things. Appreciate you. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. Leave comments when you see this on social. Thank you so much.